Hi Joe, thanks for joining us. No problem, pleasure. Thanks very much for giving us your time. So obviously over 200 games for Hibs and what what do you think you're most remembered for as a Hibs player? Oh, how long have we got, mate? <laughs> 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 It'll be for some people five seconds, some other people five minutes or whatever. But I think um, probably somebody that... Um, I know there's, I keep on saying there's a lot of conversations I've had over the years that, you know, the, the, the performance on the pitch was sometimes it was good or sometimes it was bad and I was trying to get a consistency all the time. My confidence was either high, I playing regular or, uh, you know, playing absolute rubbish um, and being out of the team for ages. So that affected my, uh, my confidence and how I performed um, week in, week out. If I was playing... And I was um, happy with my performance. Everything was all right, but it's when I'd never played, I just kind of, uh, I didn't have that kind of, too many knockdowns and it started to get us right down. So that's when my confidence was really low. And when you're a football player, lads, you need confidence. When you're confident, you can, you know, you're a totally different person uh, than someone that hasn't played with, with, you know, with no confidence because it just doesn't work. Uh, what, what period in your Hibs career did you feel most confident? When did you think you were sort of playing the best? I know, when, I was, when I started playing, um, well, I was in Hibs in 85, uh, 1985, well before you guys were born. <laughs> uh, and um, probably still in your nappies. So at the start I came in and I, I played regular um, for the first couple of years. Then um, Alec Miller came on and I think it was 87. Um, and up until then, I, I was nearly playing all the, uh, every game. The first game were at Rangers um, at Easter Road, um, and I was on the bench, and it just hit me right there that obviously, why why am I sitting on the bench? Where I've played regular for two for two years. Then it was just kind of slowly dwindling away my confidence. I started then, uh, you know, trying to look for something to give me. Um, something to bite into to try and get my confidence back and it was very hard for me to find that so then the team were kind of more or less when it came to the you know the, the hearts take over by the 90, 91 we won the cup then the confidence grew the club started growing growing again and I felt as though um, I wanted to be part of it I would rather have been part of it score cup wise um, as in you know playing in the games and getting to the final winning the cup for the lads in the club where I which was absolutely brilliant. But um, I think once I kind of got my head around saying, well, because I didn't want to leave Hibs. You know, I left in 96, 97, and um, I didn't want to leave. Um, I was more or less forced out the door, which probably one or two Hibs support would be quite happy with. But I felt as though I could have maybe got another year or two years. Because I was there over 11 years, and it's a long time. But there was times, you know, when you quit a club, you, you get great times and you get bad times. And, I think every player goes through that. Yeah, obviously you've you've, you've touched on the um, the hands of Hibson. What was that like as a player going through that and seeing it all unfold? Well, to be fair, um, our, our people that looked after us more or less just said that um, we'll do the business. You just do the business on the pitch, um, and very rarely there was no. He didn't. 
the people above um, the board and weren't really wanting any of the players to speak to the press, etc. Because it was such a big thing. And deep down, we thought, well, you know, if we could, you know, keep on doing the business in the park, but when you're reading on the newspapers, on the television every day, you know, hips are going to be lost, they're going to go down, there's takeover from hearts. And it definitely maybe bothered one or two guys, especially the, the homegrown guys, you know, Gordon Hunt and the yeah. Paul Kane, the guys that were there from, you know, their normal hip supporters and they've been in Edinburgh all their life. So um, that wasn't a good feeling. But when it happened and we managed to uh, win the fight, it was absolutely brilliant. I think that definitely spurred the guys on from 90 to 91. And I think that had a lot to do with it because uh, more or less the guys thought that, you know, we were gone. And to win the cup, right, you know, a year after or whatever it was um, in 91, it was, you know, it's just fairy tale stuff. Um, so obviously you did. You like you had the the skull cup and stuff. Was that like your sort of personal highlight with Hibs, or is there something else that stands out for you? I was absolutely spewing because I never played. <laughs> I never played in the cup final, and I never played. Um, I didn't. I didn't think I played in any. Of the, I think there was four rounds. I think I went to all the games to watch, but I didn't play. Okay. Um, and it wasn't until you get to like the, the quarter final. Uh, I can't remember who we beat in the quarter-final. Um, I know we beat Rangers in the semi-final at Hamden because everybody thought we'd get beat that day. And we won one nothing. Big Keith Wright scored by header. Um, and since since then, I thought, well, hopefully I might get in the squad. Um, I was actually in the squad for the cup final. Yeah, I think it was about 15 guys. But at that time, um, there was only two substitutes. So you had 11 guys playing and two substitutes. How long ago was that, guys, eh? Uh, millions of miles away, and um, I think he put. I think it was Dave Bowman. He signed from Luton a week before, and he put Neil Law, two defensive guys on the bench, and I was like, so that was another body blow for my confidence. But at the end of the day, I was there to support the guys, and we won the cup, and you know we got great celebrations after it, and we stayed in a hotel at night, and going up through. Um, you know, uh, Princess Street and down London Road, Teaster Road. It was the best feeling I've ever had. And I won't forget it. But it's better um, when you're playing. You, know, you don't want to, you don't want to sit there and just watch. You know what I mean? Especially semi-finals. Uh, I played a couple of semi-finals. We got beaten most of the ones that I played in, unfortunately. Um, but there was times we were so close. You Knowing all the Scottish Cup ties, if you look through. During the years and the, the you know the late eighties up until ninety seven, Hibs always made the quarterfinals and semi-finals of cups. Um, and there's times we should have got to the final, but we just never somehow didn't play well in the semis to go through. But it makes it more special when you know, like ninety one, when more more or less a lot of people didn't expect us to get through any of the games. Um, but the spirit was always brilliant. Um, the training was always great. Great characters and. There was people that you know did believe, and you know the Hibernian we are playing, and that was to you know obviously win and entertain. Um, so that that was a brilliant year, and one we'll never definitely never forget. And if you had to only pick one player that you played with at your time at Hibs that you could play with again, who would it be? Oh, I get asked this question so many times, lads. Um, <laughs> Left-footed players are very hard. Uh, our good ones are very hard to come, um, and I was very fortunate. Um, I mean, I could name you, but maybe it was well, Johnny Collins was obviously for me the the top, the top player. 
Um, there was Michael O'Neill, who played on the left wing as well, uh, who was outstanding. Um, but overall, I mean, there's so many players that I played with that, you know, either went big or were just absolutely brilliant Premier League players, you know, from all... I think you go, you can't really think when you've been at a club so long, there's so many players, you know, that played at the start when I went there, then you get players that uh, come in, I mean, famous Steve Archibald, there was, you know, there's Murdo McLeod, there was all these big, big names that you maybe never thought would ever come to a club like Hibs. Um, and these guys proved that they were, you know, they were world-class players. And it was brilliant for us to have these kind of guys on board. Um, but that was... It was all about, for me, um, confidence-wise, if, if I was playing week in, week out, and I was, you know, the saying, if I was right in here, uh, you know, I would do all right. But it's when the other side, oh, that's when I, I knew if I wasn't playing well, you know, I'd be out of the team for about six, seven weeks, um, and maybe longer. Um, and even though I played over 200 games, now you know, I should have really put another 100 on top of that, you know, definitely if it was right, you know what I mean? So yeah. I was really, uh, if I could turn the clock back now, what, you know, I wish I knew now instead of then, I'd, you know, I'd been totally a different, uh, different player altogether. Obviously, Alex Miller was your manager for pretty much the, the majority of your, of your uh, Hibs career. What was it like having one manager for so long? Because obviously that's pretty unheard of now in football, was it? Aye. Was there ever Aye, times I mean, where you thought, it could have done with freshening up because I think there's quite a lot of criticism yeah. in that period. Um, well, I think Alec Muller was, um, uh, his training was brilliant. Um, but I think he's, uh, I keep on saying this to all the guys that ask me the same question, he's, uh, his man management was very poor. If he didn't, I always felt if he, it started with me when he, he dropped, you know, he didn't play him in the first game, then that's the alarm bells ringing right away. Then he brings guys in to take your place. Then you're saying, well, I must be further down the line here. I'm going to struggle to get back in. Now, that's when I wish I had the thinking cap on now to say, right, I'll go and show him. But a lot of players just spit the dummy out and just don't give a monkeys for a couple of weeks or months. Then suddenly you get the call out the blue, somebody's injured or somebody's not well on the Friday night and say, well, you're playing tomorrow. And regardless if you ain't prepared, you've got to do the business the following day. And that happened to me a couple of times. Um, or some, a couple of times I was out playing snooker with, with the lads having a couple of pints and <laughs> uh, one of the guys was blooming uh, ill on the Saturday, uh, the, the Friday night. He uh, phoned in sick in the morning, and my boss phoned me in the morning. I was just—I think I was just getting in my bed at seven in the morning. Because <laughs> you're, you're too matter you think that you're not playing. Yeah. So this is what managers do now. They make sure, and they've done it for years that you know all the players. In, most of them don't name the team till they get to the ground on the Saturday. So they want everybody tucked in their beds at nine o'clock. Or ten o'clock at night to prepare for the big game, and uh, but then the day, I mean, he was there a long time. I think he was there ten years. I think. Yeah, eighty-six to ninety-six. So it was a long time, especially for the way you know. Um, I think that could be a bit of a record for any Premier League manager, well, one of them anyway, because normally they don't last that very long. But he's got a proven record. I mean, I don't know how many games he actually took part. Uh, you know, his record for the games. You know, he managed. I should say. He won the Skull Cup. He was in Europe. I think a couple of times we got into Europe a couple of times, four or five times, I think we did when I was there. Um, we got in a few semi-finals, the Scottish Cup games. We maybe should have won. Um, but a lot of guys that I speak to still think that the 
that we, he was saw a negative manager how we played. So I, I was sometimes went well. I don't know. I don't know. I think a lot of times they want us to get the ball down, pass it, um, wide guys take the guy on, get the balls in the box, and he was really brilliant, um, you know, tactical wise. Um, so, uh, and and he was an experienced uh, manager. You know what I mean? And right after, I think, did I think he went to Aberdeen, I think, after that or something like that? Yeah, I think so, I think yeah. went to, up, and then, you know, went to Liverpool under, uh, yeah. was it, was it, I don't know, Rafa Benitez or the French guy. Yeah, Hooli, so, yeah. He was at, was Hooli, so, yeah. you know, he's, he, these guys aren't going to take Alec Muller on if he doesn't know the game inside out, you know what I mean? And they won a Champions League medal then, so that's it, full stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's yeah. you think about it all the time. People ask me the same questions all the time. I, I just wish uh, when it was when it was when I was down. Um, I wish I really got myself, you know, sorted quicker. Um, because I mean, I thought I still could have stayed at least maybe another year. Uh, at least anyway, because I was in the first team when he told me it's time for me to go. So um, and I didn't, I didn't want to go, and I think I had another uh, six months still of my contract still to go. So. I was absolutely spewing leaving Easter Road for the, the last time. I had a black plastic bag <laughs> over my shoulder and saying goodbye to everybody. It was the worst, the worst feeling I've had in many years, you know. Well, what do you think was the problem? Do you think it was your mentality or your attitude at the time that, that maybe hindered your career a bit of hips? Um, well, do you know something? There's, there's, I still look at these guys on the television just now and... Uh, that I can relate to them so much because the guys, the substitutes coming on the pitch and the, and these, the managers trying to speak to these guys and the heads away in the clouds, they're no listening, they're no interested because they've spat the dummy out. And I think a lot of the time that, um, I mean, if I was on the bench and I was coming on, I would, I would have to play like Diego Maradona to, you know, to yeah. play the next week. That's how, that's how I felt. So I had to do the business every time I came on, a lot of time didn't happen. Then I would say, well, I'm not going to play the next week. Uh, and the guys, he played a settled team for a, a number of years. Um, and uh, there was times where I felt, well, you, you know, he's had his turn. It's time for me to get back in. And I was so determined. Eventually I did. And later on in the 90s, I, was, I played regular uh, and I absolutely loved it. I made a, a lot of goals with crosses for the strikers, Keith Wright, Dan Jackson, all these guys. And I absolutely loved it. I thought that was, you know, me doing my job. It was, you know, overlaps, crosses, silly daft tackles as usual, you know. And, and, and when you start, when you play, lads, see when you get these hip supporters singing your name, it is absolutely, you can't beat it. I feel 10 feet tall and you just go, you just, you forget about all the bad stuff that's happened in the past and everyone's positive. Everyone's, you know, uh, consistent. You're always, you know, you know you're going to make a pass. You're not going to be tackle. You know you're going to get to byline and cross it and make a goal. And you sing Jojo. Maybe only two singing it out of forty thousand. Which that's <laughs> like, you know, to get that feeling, and uh, it's absolutely brilliant. And uh, I was at one of the games about last uh, last year. No, one. I was at a Hibs do in London uh, last year. In fact, went down, and it was a brilliant trip. And I got guys. Two guys said to me, he "Goes." Yeah, they were. Uh, did you go to the game yesterday? This was on the the, the Sunday we went down. This game is the Hibs against Motherwell, and the behind the main goal on the left hand side, the top corner, where all the uh, the guys that wear the black stuff. The is it, I don't know if it's no Hibs casuals or some, 
They said, no, we're, sitting, we're shouting two guys' names the whole game. One was Mickey Weir, right? Mickey Weir, he's here, he's there, he's everywhere, right? And Jojo, Super Joe, and I never believed him. So he went and got three of his mates that were at the game. And they went like, right, would that get, would they support us singing Joe's name yesterday in the crowd, Mother? Aye, they sang it all, all afternoon, me and Mickey Weir. Now, see, for that, that just makes me feel amazing. And I forget all about the bad yeah. and how it was like when it was poor stuff going and you just try and remember the good. And you just, you know, it just feels absolutely amazing. So obviously, like touching on that, um, the current season is quite different to the regular season in the sense that there's no fans there. Do you I, think that you would have suffered quite a bit playing with no fans there? Do you think you could have thrived? Oh, so, listen, there's times where I've thought, oh no, game on Saturday, I'm going to get dogs abuse with the supporters. And that was my own supporters. And I stay more or less absolutely petrified going onto the pitch. If I didn't make a, a tackle or I made a bad pass, I knew the guys were at me. Then my confidence would go slow and slow. But as you get older and you get more experience, for some reason, I started to handle it better. Um, and no, I would definitely have the crowd there. There's nothing when I've played in games where I've made goals. Um, I could name a right good number of games uh, being you know, 2 nothing down with five minutes to go and coming back winning 3-2 Easter Road and hearing the supporters, it's absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, the football's nothing without the supporters. You've got to have the supporters there. I think, I think probably even us for as well, even still now, I think Hibs fans are very much guilty of, I think when things aren't going well, we're quite a, probably, we're quite a hard bunch to please. I think we, I think, I think we have an expectation of how we want the team to play and pretty much expect Aye. to be anyone. Do, do you think that even just now, if you'd be back at Easter Road, obviously before the pandemic and stuff, do you think sometimes the way that the fans are can make it harder for players to play? Aye, I think that, I mean, the, the, the guys that have watched these, the supporters are always entitled to their opinion. They pay, seen ticket books, they pay for everything to keep the club going. So like every other place and job, people are entitled to their opinion. But there's nothing worse than, you know, and it's still, I don't think it happens as much now. You won't get an odd one that still does the same kind of shouts. And I'll go, God, I got that 35 years ago, that same kind of shout. And there's still games that I do. Um, and I think, still the same shouts, still the same people that are doing it. Um, I think that's just a, 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 a you know, certain mentality people. Yeah. They either stay in the house for a week with their wives and not being able to say a word, then suddenly take all their frustration out of their guys that they support on a Saturday, and uh, which isn't really, shouldn't happen. You should back the team uh, 110% and uh, uh, more than anything else, they always do. Uh, yeah. They're a brilliant support, and even when I go Tista Road, uh, an odd time when I get the chance to, um, it's a brilliant feeling and it's, play, it's a place where I really do feel at home. Um, just, just on the back of that, sorry, were you ever inspired by maybe like getting booed off at half time? I've always wondered this, like does a player, does that actually give a player a kick or do they think, oh fuck off? Like, you know, like... <laughs> Aye, well it all depends, guys, certain guys will take it differently. Uh, some people thrive on that. Because I can remember, uh, I was at a, a, my my brother went to a game one night, and it, it was a Hibs. Uh, were playing, I think it was Alawa in a cup tie, and I was playing. And every time I got the ball, obviously Alawa and Stirling are pretty close; they're only about six miles apart. 
So my brother was at the game and he was sitting beside Mick McCarthy, who was the manager. Uh, I think he was the manager of Wolves, I think. And he came up to see one of the players. And um, he actually said to my brother, I, I, I take it that's your twin, Joe, it's playing. And my twin like that, yeah, because I'm a twin, of course, guys. Eh? Imagine that, two of me. Oh, no. <laughs> um, one's enough more, normally. And Mick McCarthy said, do you know why the crowd boo at certain players? It's because what his opinion was, I don't know why he said it, and I don't know why he mentioned it about me. He more or less said that um, it's only because the supporters feel as though you're a threat to their own team. So you might have a 35-yard shot or you might have a cross that somebody else scores and knocks their team out yeah. and they try to put you off, you know, booing and this and all. But that's from the opposite side, you know, the away supporters. But there's nothing worse and I got that for a, a you know, I put a long period, your own supporters booing, you know, if I was coming off or yeah. I was coming on, you'd get that small minority that, that just, I think they more or less say, they never like you whatsoever, regardless what you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, I think that I'll, I'll always have that. Um, but hopefully, you know, more, more um, the supporters, you know, appreciated. Uh, you know what I did as an old, I always gave 110% um, but just that wee bit of luck you need to kind of try and be a legend at a club if I'm at that club a wee bit longer people want to remind you you know be, remember you what you were good at but some of the guys will say well there's no very much I'll tell you what he's you know he's rubbish at yeah um, you still yeah, see that, that as well like even someone like Louis Stevenson at the club just now there's still Aye. some people that think He's no good enough for Hibs. He's never been good enough, Aye. even though he's been he's there. He's been there 15 years. years. You know, for him, is it 450 odd appearances? Aye, he's you know, 15 or 14 short of 500. Aye. He's in the top 10 appearance, you know, all time in the Hibs history. I mean, it's absolutely a disgrace. You know what I mean? They, and, I mean, for me, I know um, um, Lewis, he stays in Dunfermline. Um, he goes to one of my schools where I work, and he's such a nice guy. Um, and a lovely family, and but it's just shame. It doesn't matter how good you are or how many appearances you've got, or there's still that wee bit of people that don't like you. You know what I mean? Which is um, so. But it'll be very interesting to see what happens with Lewis now. Actually, mate. To be fair, I don't know whether you know has he got another year contract or is he is his last year think, or is it? I think this is his last year just now. I think so. I'd is it? That I wonder if he'll uh, if he'll still be. You know, with us, or he'll move on somewhere else, eh? Because it's still. Well, we we just we literally just recorded this week's podcast last night, and we done a bit on him. We're being just getting the fifteen years, and uh, we certainly done it. We certainly do not want him to leave anytime soon, Harry. No, definitely not. Not that guy is. Uh, he deserves a lot of a lot of credit, you know, and he's to play consistent for what, fifteen years at a club. God, oh, that's frightening. It's a lot of managing. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Try to be, you know, play week in, week out, you know, high level of performance. Um, you know, the guy deserves a lot of credit for that. And what player at Hibs at the moment are you most excited about um, that's coming through to the team just now? Because obviously oh, the obvious one would be Boyk. But... Yeah, I definitely. I've, I'll, to be fair, um, I've not actually seen a lot um, of the lads play. I saw a lot of it on Sunday. Um, and obviously with Lewis not playing, you're thinking, well, who's in his place? And young left back, uh, he looks, you know, he looks pretty good, uh, young and enthusiastic, and 
and he, I think I read an article in the paper that Lewis has actually been t teaching him where his position is and how to be and where to be in the pitch and all that. So, you know, it's fair boost to Lewis as well. But at the minute, the, the guys are, um, you know, everything's going great so far. Um, you know, uh, I just wish the, you know, the crowds are, okay, we can watch it in the sky and that, but it'd be brilliant if the, cloud, the crowds were allowed back in to be able to witness all these. But as I say, how long is it going to last for? We don't know. Injuries, suspensions all come on board at some stage. Uh, they might stop games completely. I don't know what's happening. Um, but it's absolutely brilliant. We've just got to just hang in there and still you know, have this belief that we can still challenge the, the big boys above us. Because eh? at the end of the day, it'll still be between Rangers and Celtic. So they still challenge them. Uh, you know, but it's, they definitely signed some good players. And you know, he's a great squad there. Um, just uh, I was speaking to a few people about you, Joe. Um, yeah. So you're a, you're a bit of a cult hero, um, but they all mentioned the, the same incident. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> against uh, against uh, certain Gordon Strachan, perhaps. Yeah. Can you imagine being uh, being famous just for doing something daft like that? Eh? It's frightening. <laughs> just sums up my career at Hibs. <laughs> um, yeah. What, time, what, what happened? What? What what actually happened? I think you got sent off in, in Gordon Ray's testimonial. Um, yeah. Just, I just really. Kind of, there was a bit of. Um, Gordon Strike was playing on the same side, and obviously the same side as me, and I was on the left side. And you know, you want to always do well. And Man United were obviously one of the biggest clubs in England at the time, and it was packed Easter Road. And it was just one of these, you know, I don't know what it's like with you two guys. Or, there's times when the red mist comes down. 100%. And you just get a bit excited sometimes. Exactly, I And uh, it was a kind of about an, an hour and a half too late challenge and put Gordon in the stand. Uh, Apologised to him after. Got fined two weeks' wages. Um, and uh, it was a... I think somebody told me... I think it's supposed to be one of the Guinness Book of Records or something for a, a testimonial game. The quickest sending off in a testimonial. <laughs> so famous at last, yeah, beauty! <laughs> Obviously you've touched on that you were quite an attacking feel, but you like to get round the winger and get crosses in. Right. Do you think that potentially the way that the games went now, that if a if you were in, uh, like of the right age and you were playing yeah. that now, do you think you would have probably made more appearances for Hibs as a left-back now than back then? Um, maybe. It's all, always ifs and buts, mate, to be fair. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys that say, why did you start off being you know, a left-winger then you went back to left-back? You weren't the same. But I used to think I was actually better at left-back coming late than yeah. you know, crossing the ball into the box. Um, I definitely got more touches of the ball when I played at left-back. Um, but just now, just like watching Hibs, it's like you know, it's so fast attacking style, get the ball wide, balls in the box for the two guys, you know, scoring goals for fun at the minute. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's brilliant to watch. And but I think, I mean, over the years, um, I mean, I played with some great wingers, you know, at the Hibs, it was Mickey Weir, it was Kevin McAllister. Michael O'Neill and other side, I mean, they were never very really told to, you know, we don't want you in our own penalty box. We want you over the halfway line 
attacking these throwbacks, get the ball wide and get bodies in the box and deliver. And Alec Muller was, you know, that was what he preached all the time. Get it wide, take you on and get the ball in the box. So when you're confident and there was times where I was really confident, it happened a lot, you know, and I was playing and I was fit and uh, I made a few goals for whoever the striker was, but it was the the opposite side that affected me more than anywhere else. There was times I went, oh, I didn't want to be here anymore, as in Easter Road. But my, you know, my head was saying that, but my heart was saying, no, just keep on going. Just get yourself sorted out. And eventually, you know, it turned and I started getting in the team due to a couple injuries. Um, I think Graham Mitchell was the normal left back. who was an absolutely brilliant servant. And he's still one of my best mates to this day. I still keep in contact with him. We still go out and uh, he was a brilliant uh, guy. And, uh, um, and he was, you know, rock solid for Hibs for, a, a, even, I think he was here over nearly 10 years as well, I think. Um, but it's just, you know, to be a player now, you've got to be a machine. You know, the times where you're, after the game on a Saturday, you're out in the town, going to the pubs, and you're going to discos, and that, okay, it may still happen an odd time, but now you've got to be an absolute running machine and be prepared for, you know, these games that are coming, you know, fast. Uh, Wednesday and Saturdays or Sundays and Tuesdays and you, you can't do that you go out and drink and I'm partying all the time is what you could do 20, 30 years ago um, but I think that's when you see some of them doing it now they just go absolutely berserk because they don't do it a lot they yeah. just go absolutely get steamed out their face and oh did I do that and they're like I can't remember because they're just you know they just lose it because they don't drink a lot If you, you know it's a, the drinking mentality 20, 30 you know years ago 40 years ago even they still it was really, um, it's part of the bonding as a team as well. Used to go and get a couple of guys, but we used to organise nights out. On a Saturday, you know, you know uh, Paul Kane used to uh, used to organise a lot of dues with the guys and that, and a lot of guys would put us up in hotels and that, and it was about the bonding, you know what I mean? Um, we used to have some brilliant laughs, but uh, you've definitely got to be Terminator machines now for the, you know, to last the 90 minutes plus. Perfect. And just um, one last question. Obviously, I think um, for, for obviously myself, Greg and Harry, like you said, we're obviously a lot younger, but I think when we look back on that period of Hibs, some of the kits that you got to wear Aye. were absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> if you were pushed, if you could have one, if you were, if like the house was on fire and you had to save two Hibs kits, maybe a home and away kit, what, what, would, you, what would you save? Um, well, I think my... My favourite one was the it was the purple striped one with the purple yeah. shorts, right? There's yeah. a picture. Guys keep on sending me this picture, like on Twitter and all that. What it was like with the the mitre boots and the purple socks, purple top with the mitre. I think it was mitre that done it. That was my favourite um, away strip. Uh, the home strip would, would probably be quite was that many. Uh, I can't remember the sponsor, but it was uh, the silk. It was the green with the with the white collar. Um, I think it was around about the actual cup final. Was it Butter who done it, or was it Mighty? I can't remember. The white shot. I think at the side. I think I've got the one. Aye, that's uh, cracking. I love that. But when you, th- you think about it now, and you think, well, you know, you, you, I used to wear that strip, and you used to go, God, I should be a proud, a proud man, you know, to wear it. And so, uh, definitely, when you get older, guys. And you look back and you think, God, 
I should have been made, you know, over 300 appearances. That would have felt a lot better than the, the 200 plus. Um, and I wish I changed the clock back and got sorted out quicker to get back in, you know, that team. And I wasted a, maybe about a, a year of being so down um, and, you know, maybe a year and a half, maybe two years. Um, but I had to get it sorted out myself. So, uh, but it was brilliant. I wouldn't regret any, any, any time. I just wish I, I found that real consistency every week. They play great, you know. So that was more than a regret, but I didn't have no regrets. Um, they playing, playing, and I still support them. Uh, every week I've got all the badges and, and on the phones and everything. So and I've still got my strips and I've still got my hats. Uh, so I'm still a happy man. Great, well, thanks, thanks for giving up your time tonight, Joe. Um, it's been great chatting right. No problem. All the best, lads. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.